heard. All right, welcome everybody to the Paul Hederman Reflections on the 12 Steps. My name is Michael, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, just a friendly announcement, this is not an all shares meeting. It's not an AA meeting. It's just one member's view on the exact nature of the wrong. It's described on page 64 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, uh, after we start out with a little reading this morning, we'll, uh, we'll have Paul open up and um, do a little rip on it. And then uh, we'll open the meeting up for some shares or for some uh, questions that you can ask for Paul. Paul, do you have any topics that you would like to talk about today? If not, I have a couple of readings. You're muted, Paul. No, go ahead, Mike. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right, so the first one we'll start off with on, is on page 63. And it's the second paragraph of page 63. And it's the, um, so when I go into the big book about Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I find that there's two, um, two set prayers that they discuss in the big book. Um, and, and I've been told that there's other times when, um, when, when there's wording like we ask or turn, that that's a prayer. But I know of two set prayers, and one of them is the third step prayer, and I'll read that now. And then the next one will be the seventh step prayer, and we'll find that on page 76. All right, so the third step prayer. Many of us have said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory open and may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And then we go over to page 76. And in the second paragraph on page 76, it says, when ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of that. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. So, um, Paul, if you could talk about maybe the power of prayer today or what that, those prayers mean, how we use them in our daily lives, or whatever you feel like talking about, I turn it over to you. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Michael. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Paul. Uh, I think doing prayer in a lot of ways is a convincing of ourselves of something. Yeah, so uh, we can't just, we have to make it an action to feel like it verifies something. So we pray for something to happen to us. But like, if you look at uh, page 63, if you take out the AA uh, spirit, it would be uh, relieve me of the bondage of self, take away my difficulties. So everything will be great for me, pretty much. <laughs> But the AA has a different spin to it. Your difficulties may be removed, but not for the reason you think. It's to make you, to allow you to be of maximum use. So the whole spirit or attitude or outlook of AA is something that's foreign to the self-centered outlook. Yeah. So in a way, in a sense, we're praying from the self-centered outlook to be reconditioned by the AA or recovery outlook. Yeah. And if you don't think you pray, if you go to meetings, you pray twice a day because the meetings opened with a prayer and ends with a prayer. So uh, I felt uh, where I thought I was when I came in, there was a, it was essential for prayer because uh, I felt I was left with my own devices and I was af afraid of the effects of that. So I would pray to this idea, this power to uh, help me be of maximum use to others. I learned that they talk about prayer in AA that you don't pray for yourself unless it's going to have a larger effect on people. And basically most self-centered prayers are about us. Yeah, <laughs> we want to get better. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, I see, I like when they describe uh, the effects more than the prayers, really, where, you know, you, you sincerely take a position of pretty much that you're screwed and you've come to believe that a power greater than you can do for you what you can't do for yourself. So you make a decision to turn your will and life over to the care of that power. Obviously, uh, why would there have to be a decision if it was under our control? We could have just made it, you know, turned our will and life over to the care because we need some power because the dilemma is powerlessness. We need some power to give life and blood to that prayer. And that's what we do on the step four through nine. The working steps initiate an access to that power. Yeah. And then it's not a decision anymore. You're in the act of turning your will and life over to the care of a higher power. Yeah. But first, we have to make a decision because I feel, in a way, we're already taken over by a lower power. And it's not going to rest, it's not going to give up control. <laughs> you have to introduce it to a higher power or a larger power to sort of convince it to give up control. You're not going to uh, talk it into anything, basically. So, and then they talk about prayer. Uh, my own feeling, you know, I haven't, I don't pray much at all, to tell you the truth. I did pray a lot, seemingly, but I feel a lot of prayer leads to no prayer, in a sense. And then what you are hoping by, you know, praying is already here. Yeah. So basically, it's like we had this once in uh, one of the guys from the UK. We were talking about uh, this third step prayer, and he would do it religiously. You know, every day I'm going to, I make it this, I'm going to turn my will and life over to this care. And then he realized the prayer was actually performing a disservice because it, he was already in the relief from the bondage of self. So why would you need to pray for it at that point? Yeah. So I feel prayer has its role, but I think something else takes its place down the road, which is, uh, a trusting of the infinite, so to speak. Yeah. So, and then the idea of prayer in the 11th step, I truly believe the 11th step, its intention is, is to improve one's conscious contact. They give you us two suggestions of how that could occur, which is prayer and meditation. They're not the only suggestions you're going to run into. Yeah. There are two suggestions, but the whole point is to improve one's conscious contact. Now, who at the hell, after a while, you're going to be the judge of that. Like, if you go to the beach and you feel lighter, hey, move to the beach, if you can. If you take walks in nature and it works, take more walks in nature. I mean, it's not rocket science. You find things that allow that, uh, I don't like the idea of improving one's conscious contact, but yeah, it becomes more obvious in one activity than another. Yeah, so have throw those activities in your life, hopefully. So uh, I think the greatest prayer is I'm fucked, really. Yeah, just to admit your defeat and just get on with it. Yeah, really. Because praying can also have a self-centeredness sometimes. There's some, we're looking for something, yeah, where when you finally admit your defeat, you're pretty much not looking for shit. You're just done. Yeah. Finally, the system has like rolled to an end, to a stop, and you realize, yeah, you're in Palookaville, whatever. <laughs> you're just screwed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But hey, whatever works, that's the whole point, isn't it? I don't think it's super defined. It is in the beginning, but then it it takes its own uh, improvis improvisational uh, moves. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, sort of like if you've danced with someone, maybe it's rigid and sort of 
to form the first few dances, then you can sort of let it go. You know, you can let it rip when you've been got the basics down. And I feel uh, the relationship to that higher power is like that. Yeah. So if thy, you know, we pray thy will be done, but maybe you have the realization thy will is done now. So would you pray thy will be done if you have that realization thy will is done? I don't think so. Why? It would be redundant, yeah? That prayer may not be doing what you think it was doing. Maybe it's denying that God's will is done right now by praying that it will be later on. I see that as the head. The head has that move, yeah? So it tells you, oh, yeah, yeah. I really want to be in that condition, but basically my wanting to be in that condition is reaffirming that I seemingly am not in that condition. So it's a trick, yeah? Maybe you are in that condition you'd like to arrive at already. So, yeah. Find a prayer. I used to cost, you know, when I first came in, the first five years, basically, really, I'd say a prayer every time I woke up, no matter where it was. I'd say that I'd have the three steps, the first three steps in a prayer. I just say, hey, you know, I'm whatever. I'm an alcoholic. My life's unmanageable. Yeah. By my managing it. Hey, I've come to believe something can do for me what I can't do for myself. And I make a decision to turn my will and life over to that. I do it every day until one day I stopped and never did it again. Yeah. So what happened? I think it per- it served its purpose. And then that that point, it served this purpose by ending, yeah? Because hopefully at the end, it's just that, it's just this, yeah? Yeah. You've lost interest in self enough that you believe you've gotta constantly be reintroduced to this power. You feel like, you know, you've been introduced, it's, (laughs) you're surrendered. And it's a done deal in a way. You don't have to keep thinking, you know, if I keep trying to surrender it, I'm believing I'm not surrendered. You know what I mean? I think I get, you get over that point sooner or later where you feel like, uh, why pray for a, a condition that I'm in now in a future state? It makes no sense to me, yeah? Now I could, if you if you weren't in that condition, and then you prayed that you would be brought there, great. But I truly believe the head is presenting a lot of false evidence about our condition all day. And I feel in a lot of ways, we're way better off than the head will allow us to think, (laughs) seriously, yeah? I know people who still think they're not sober, even though they've been sober every day for five, six years. Yeah, their head has them convinced, but you're gonna use, but you haven't. Yeah, that's the that's a very important fact to not miss, which is you haven't. Yeah, okay, believe away, bro, that you want you're gonna use, but you're not today. <laughs> that's the fact. Yeah. So I feel the head. Uh, I don't know. I think fine. You know, the real prayer is basically gratitude and wonder and awe, you know, A-W-E. You just feel, what's more to, what's there more to say? Really? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's sort of my take. It's funny, I, uh, my, you know, because I got run over by that car, my, my, the physical chassis is all bent, yeah? my skeletal system and my left hip and that area went out yesterday. I haven't prayed once about it really. That's sort of funny. I feel like I'm in good hands. So we'll see what happens. So I went to bed last night and I just said, I'll see how it feels tomorrow. It doesn't feel that good. So I'll give it another day. And then maybe if it doesn't respond to rest, I'll go to the hospital, have them check it out. Yeah, but I feel I'm, I'm in good hands with a bad hip or a good hip. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I feel like I'm taken care of. Why would I want to pray to be taken care of? I feel like I'm taken care of already. Isn't that what we're shooting for, really? An established condition, like the difference between sincerely taking it and then being established in it. I think being established in it, uh, fear doesn't win out the day usually, yeah? You may have these explosions, but they just, they don't, they don't produce an effect, you know? Yeah? So are they, how true are they? So basically, I feel, you know, I feel this is one of the great effects of a life of recovery is feeling like you're in good hands during the day instead of feeling like you're in your hands during the day. <laughs> I can't get the same effect of when I'm in, I'm feeling I'm in good hands when I say I'm in my hands. It just doesn't equate. It hasn't worked. So, yeah. So. And then it's, you know, you see what happens. I have the luxury of the rest, so I'll rest. And uh, I tried to do a little earlier. It wasn't wise. So I retreated back to the bed. And there you go, sitting here and uh, doing the Zoom. We'll see what happens. So, yeah. So. All right. Thank you, Paul. So if we have any. Any participants would like to uh, ask Paul a question or share on the, the reading from today, um, please use the raise hand feature. Um, I don't see any hands up at the moment. You know, Paul, what I, I really like what you said about, um, you know, the, the first couple of years where you use the first, second, and third step, and you use that as a combination in a prayer. Because I found for me, like, I, I, and, and I also like what you were saying, well, I heard before that, you know, it's like establishing the habits, getting the, the action figure to do these habits in order to stay grounded in, um, in recovery. And so I found that, you know, um, there's an app on my phone that I use on a daily basis, and, and it goes through the on awakening from pages 87 through 88 in the big book. And then it goes through the third step, the seventh step. The prayer of saint francis and um, thomas burton prayer and then i read the daily reflections and then i hop on a meeting in the morning and and i noticed that like there was a time uh well, one day or two la- one day last week where i didn't do that but i didn't get in angst over not having done that to where my the head took over and said oh look you, you fucked up and you didn't do this and my you know and so so I, I, and I also like what you said about, you know, the disservice. And I was in that meeting that day with that, um, with, with the British guy, right? And they talked about, you know, the yeah. disservice. Stuff and, and I really like that. So appreciate that. Hey, Michael, you did fuck up though. <laughs> yeah. You've been demoted eight steps back. Yeah. What's that but playing God, right? What's that yeah. but playing God around God? Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if my convinced condition is based on other volatile conditions, that's not a very peaceful condition. Yeah. If my condition of peace is based on me standing on my head for eight minutes a day and shit, and I can't do that, there goes the peace. Yeah. Does it really go? No, it's just there's been something playing God about it. Yeah, so playing God, this is the way I access that peace. Okay, great. Is it going to be the way you access that peace forever? Probably not. It may become sort of easier and, and more available at all times. Yeah, so we grow into things and we grow out of those things. Yeah, why? Based on the condition that we're in. Yeah. And if you're not listening to the head's narration and evaluation of your conditions, you maybe know you'll be able to know your condition. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. The dash light, the dashboard lights work. It's what's reading it that gives you the mixed message. The dashboard. Yeah. Yeah. When that thing is when that thing that jumps in and gives you its take is sort of paused and you hear another take. Yeah, after a while, the allegiance is to the other take because it's solid, it's on the money. Yeah, and so now, like they say in Zen, you know, blue is blue and red is red. 
hey, if I feel screwed up or my back is this thing's hurting me and I'm thinking I'm going to stretch out and then the first stretch, it tells me no. Hey, okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you. I'm going to sit down. But if I have this drive, I have to stretch, you know, hey, listen. Yeah, this is a this is it turns very intimate as you live day in and day out. Yeah, you get some solid guidance. And then a lot of the things that you would ask for guidance, your 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 course is already set. They're not even that you don't have to put that much thought into it. Yeah, maybe the big stuff, but most of the time you you're in the habit of being sober. Just let it continue. Yeah. Yeah. I feel this is the one of the hardest parts is we get engaged with something that works and then we don't see the expiration date. And so we keep working it, yet we've outgrown it in a way. I'm not saying this is prayer or meditation, but other th- anything. And then it doesn't fit anymore. And so there's a, you know, you move to another shoe. (laughs) Yeah, so, and, you know, first it's like marching boots and then it's slippers usually. (laughs) It goes in a certain direction. (laughs) There's more of a relaxation. And, you know, the spiritual maintenance, if you recognize what you're not, you are the spirit, yeah? So a sense of being spirit, I think, is the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition, yeah? The sense of being a physical thing, wanting to become spiritual, I don't think that's a high form of maintenance. I don't. I think it has a, a, it has its own current that you got to fight against because the body keeps, keeps getting reinforced with all your spiritual practices or your mental yeah so it can have it can uh have an effect that you may not be aware of it may be reinforcing that which you'd like to be out of instead of uh allowing you to live out of it yeah (laughs) yeah All right, well, I see that Deborah has her hand up. Deborah, would you like to come in and comment or question? Hi, hi, everyone. Thank you, Paul. Um, oh, it's great to be back to the, o- the oasis here. <laughs> um, something came up for me spontaneously this morning and uh, I, I do a lot of the third step prayer and stuff. And, but then there's this other stuff that just comes up. And, um, you know, there's that future tripping of my uh, dental, uh, you know, situation with my mouth. And just something just said, just soften the view, just soften the view. And it was like, it's like, it was like a step back and that kind of the way you were talking about it, more of a diffused sort of yeah. look at what is happening and at what is not happening even. And it softened even the, the mental stuff. It's kind of like, it just kind of started to melt it in a sense. Um, it just kind of got, was wussy you know <laughs> so uh that was kind of cool of course then you know the mental part of me wants to uh take that and just turn that into a recipe that i keep trying to you know what i mean yeah. but um that was like really really cool it's helped me all morning it's just because i noticed that there was this rigidity in this this mentally net was like really trying to figure out what to do, you know, and it was like just that notion of softening it 
it seemed to help. So, yeah, and we can't do that, but something else can. So this is yeah, the point. it was it was yeah, yeah that kind of um, that really a soft suggestion. Actually, it's just this little suggestion of just soften everything, um, and uh, it was very helpful. Well, there you go. So now. Uh, there's an access of hearing other directions than the ones you usually hear. Great. And then you follow them and you see they work. And that's an example of losing trust in the finite and gaining trust in the infinite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the, sometimes it's nice to point out the examples of, of the program working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Puts in it puts into stark contrast that which doesn't work. <laughs> it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what's magical from, about it is it really views, does. From both <laughs> views, you wanted the same uh, effect. One couldn't produce it; the other does. But mm -hmm. you wanted the same effect or the same outcome with both of those trusting, yeah. So one just demonstrated it produced a very viable outcome, and that was trusting the infinite rather than finite self. So this is, what's that? But the, the outgrowing the trust in finite self and growing into trust with the infinite. This is the progression of recovery. Yeah. Yes. This, thank you. This meaning this meaning remind me already that I'm in good hands about this back because of course. The head loves to have special topics that it's still believing it's running the show. Yeah, it's given up a lot of ground, but it has its own its certain mental temples that it's uh, so let's say physical condition or girlfriend or whatever. And it's funny when the effect that the situation like brings it up so you can see it in all its glory, the emperor with no clothes. So. Just coming to this meeting gave you a nice glimpse, glimpse. even though it was wearing like uh, doctor's whites, I saw the emperor with no clothes. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So when it's it's bedside manner needs a lot of work, but so I don't <laughs> listen to it. So thank you, everyone, just just from coming here. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens if you have eyes to see a lot of shit's working all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for it to work, you're blind in a way. But if you're just feeling okay and uh, trusting something, you see a lot of shit works. Yeah. A lot of times I go to bed and physically I'm screwed for some reason. And I wake up and I'm sort of unscrewed. Now, I had nothing to do with it. I just didn't do anything about it. I didn't rush to try to change it. And then it's just, I get a, com a shot of confidence the next morning because I feel uh, what it was like last night isn't like what it's like tonight, today. Yeah. So doesn't this evidence, if, if correctly read, it builds up. Yeah. So there's not so much movement between trusting finite self and trusting the infinite. It's a, a gravitational pull. It may, you may feel tugs, but you're not going back. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the demonstrations of it. You, you demonstrate that you're perhaps there's a better way because you find yourself on it. And it works out. And so it, it builds a momentum, don't you think? Now, head the head has all the advertising campaigns and the marketing, but it doesn't have the ability to work, really. So this works. And that it's sort of like you ever see some really good cars. They never advertise because they're really good cars. People buy them because they're good cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shitty products that have to advertise all day. Yeah, I can't believe it, really. I remember Budweiser always blows my mind. Budweiser sucks. It's a lousy beer. 
mostly 99% water. It sucked from the beginning. It probably sucks now. I don't think it's upgraded at all in 34 years, but it changes its bottle and its cans and fucking <laughs> three ways of opening it. You can drink from the left. Or, oh, wow. Yeah, but the product's the same shitty stuff. Yeah, now us, this thing delivers the goods. It doesn't come in the most frilly packages at times, but it delivers the goods. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like getting weaned off of sort of one product line that always has rationalizations why it didn't deliver or excuses or blaming you or others. And now you move to another line that actually delivers the goods. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when the faith shifts enough. You'll find out when it breaks that little like event horizon point and you're now moving towards that, the infinite, so to speak. Yeah. I don't know what it will be for you, but I'm sure you're going to feel it and you're going to know. Yeah. And you're going to know even though the head is constantly talking about what you've left behind, you're seeing what's ahead. You're seeing what's here. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want, you know, if I'm in Italy, why do I want a narration of when the last time I was in Italy? <laughs> you know, I'm in Italy now. I'd like to be in Italy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, and the thing is, uh, the end of stuff isn't in the result, really. It's in the living of it. Who knows what's going to need, be needed to put ourselves or each other into maximum use? It may look terrible until the last glowing moment. Who knows? Yeah. But I do know that we're in good hands. Yeah. Because the mental state has been usurped and something else has been put in the dominant position. So let it yap away. It doesn't have the power to affect as much anymore, does it? I'm not going out to drink. I'm not trying to call every pharmacist to get uh, some pain meds. <laughs> it's not, no, none of its rockets are taking off. It doesn't have any fuel. <laughs> It's all talk, nothing else. Yeah? Yeah. So I have my nephew. He called me. He's in a program now, Phoenix House in the Queens. He's not liking Phoenix House. So I had to remind him, well, you know, it was decisions based on self that brought you to Phoenix House. Phoenix House wasn't out there drafting you. You, you did a lot of shit to end up in this condition. Yeah, so let's get over blaming Phoenix House. Yeah, and see what's going to happen if you leave Phoenix House. You're going to be in Frank's house. <laughs> You're going to be really screwed. So hopefully I think uh, he walked back from the ledge because what happens if he leaves? He's got nothing. Yeah. He's fucked again. So swallow the pill and I'm telling him, this, this episode of Phoenix House may never have to be repeated. This may be the last time you go to a Phoenix House. Hallelujah. Pay your fucking dues and stay sober a day at a time. And they're helping you. He's been sober 56 days. He's been in there 28 days. So half the time of his sobriety has been in Phoenix House. So they have produced the effect. They've kept him from the first drink. Yeah. And all it needs, all usually it needs is just seeing things from another view. That's all. Yeah. The view says there's only jumping off the ledge. One view. You're open to hearing another view. There's so much more that can happen before you get to the ledge. Yeah. So I always have this idea. I tell them all the time. What's the difference between an alcoholic and a recovered alcoholic? The alcoholic calls you after they drink. The recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink. Because something can happen if they call you before they drink. The same old, same old's going to happen if they call you after they drink. Yeah? <laughs> it's just incredible. So, don't you see the myopic sense of the view that 
that this incredible, brilliant light is moved to see through. Yeah. See everything of how it pertains to me, a me that I'm not even that. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's not going to be better by listening to his head. He'll be better by staying in Phoenix house. He will. Yeah. This happens all the time. I used to be in Delancey Street and I'd see someone get a resentment on the floor and he started to cook, you know, walking around with an attitude. Then he'd just break through, he'd just run out the front door, this glass door. And then the person would stop right after they ran out and realize they're fucked. They have no money, no place to go. The buses aren't running and they can't come back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It loves to lead you to fuck it, but it doesn't. Uh, that's the end of the guided tour. <laughs> then you're, you're just whacked. Yeah. So we've got an incredible luxury to enjoy peace of mind. What has produced that possibility and what has reinforced that possibility? Recovery. The habit of being sober allows you to enjoy peace of mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. All right. Thank you. You ready for another question? Our friend Kerry has his hand up. Come on in, yeah. Hey, it's so unnatural to like raise your hand and then sit there for like, you realize by the time you unraise your hand, you're fucking stupid to even talk. But a uh, couple things, I was just going to make some comments, man. Like one of them was like the praying. Like this morning, I, I go for a walk when I'm not working like 530 and I walk up this little road and um you know, I have these conversations with me, God, same, same, but you're right. It was like, um, not really asking for anything. Paul, you finally said it. I kept waiting for you to say it. Like just prayers of gratitude, right? Just be grateful. I was just grateful to be alive, man, just to be walking and have a place to stay and food. That's one thing I wanted to say. Another thing, when you were talking about Budweiser, this is just a off little story that came to mind. I'll be brief. My friend uh, knew a sales rep for Budweiser, right? And he was a sales rep and he got called into the office. He had to fly to St. Louis. He was paranoid. He was going to get freaking let go. He got called in and they said, you know who you work for? You work for the king of beers. You are not spending enough money in your, uh, your allotment to like wine and dine people. So it's just like, wow. Can you imagine? That'd be pretty cool if you were. Uh, I'd love to hear those words. And then lastly, um, when I was new in recovery, uh, I was in St. Paul and I was so. I mean, I just came out of a place called Eden House. It's kind of like it's long term, long, long, long term treatment center, man. And I went there just to get out of the cold for the winter. Right. But it kind of took hold after about six, seven, eight months. And I get out. And I'm working for this little place and I'm like really trying to work the program. And I remember one day in particular, I was going to turn my life and will over to care of God. I mean, I really like with everything, I turned it over. I had the fucking worst day of my life. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I think it was like, it was so comical because it was like, God was like, uh, what'd you expect? You know, I mean, what do you, yeah. Anyways, um, I'm rambling. One last thing, Paul, uh, congratulations. I know when my son was going through stuff, it's just nice to know that uh, your nephew's in a place. You know what I mean? Instead of on the streets, because yeah. he has, there's hope. You know what I mean? And uh, when my son went in, I was so relieved just for those days because I knew he wasn't um, fucking laying yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's a real blessing right there. And uh, I'm going to shut up. Thanks. Jesus, the thing I got. I got caught on by your share there was a Budweiser salesman whining and dining 
with Budweiser. Uh, I just don't. I would not call that whining and dining. That's like you know what I mean, Paul. It's, it's like, like it's your job. It's like your job. The garage. <laughs> it's like your job is to spend more money. You know what I mean? Get out yeah, and take yeah. these people out to dinner. Spend more money. It was just funny. Yeah, I yeah, never I thought it was funny Budweiser too. with wine and dine, but whatever. I got nothing. I have no beef against Budweiser. I just think it's. I like to use it as an example of the product never gets changed. The the delivery system does over and over and over again. This is sort of like the head. Yeah, the head is always looking to become a better model of Paul when uh <laughs> yeah that's just the surrender and let something else mold the clay so to speak yeah yeah i'm surprised every day it's cool so uh anyone else no, no, I don't see any other hands up right now, Paul. If you'd like to ask a Paul question or you have a comment, please come on in. Yeah, we could go on for hours today. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have nothing to do. Oh, then I'm, per I'm perfect. I'm perfect for the occasion. When, when you have nothing to do, call me and I'll help. All right, now. Uh, 76, I moved from New York to Cali and Bush Garden steals my phony ID. I made it to drinking age in New York. I come to Cali. I got to wait again to make the new drinking age because the bar is higher in Cali. I hate you, Bush Gardens. You screwed <laughs> up my game. You spoiled, you spoiled my game, man. I got to wait all over again because there was no picture on the New York ID. Yes. And that's what a guy like you does here. You know, it says when a, when a guy, uh, what is it? When one plants one algae plants in the mind of another the true nature he can never be the same you're a ruinator paul Hedeman. you ruined me you i can never go back i can never go back i can only go forward you ruined my game in the present tense you see what i see how i tied it together yes. yeah yeah uh, it's a skill it's a it's a gift it's a gift what am i gonna do so uh it's good to be here being ruined by a guy like you uh Thank because you. i don't want to go back I want to go forward. I'll shut up now. Have fun. Thank you. Yes. Nothing. Well, isn't that true with the thing, you know, a head full of AA and a belly full of beer doesn't work out much. Yeah. Yeah. It ruins your drinking. Yes. Because there's got to be a large amount of ignorance for the drinking to continue. Once stuff is shown, it's hard. It's impossible not to see that on some level. Yeah. You may drink again, but it's not going to be the way it was before. Yeah. Yeah. That's what knowledge can do. Knowledge of self is valuable. Knowledge of alcoholism is valuable. An alcoholic with knowledge is dangerous, but knowledge of alcoholism is valuable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, next up we have Rob from Louisville. Rob, come on in. Hey, Rob. Uh, I'm fucked, so there you go. Uh, I'm the class of 83. I came in AA when I was 17. Uh, I think I added up between halfway houses and treatment centers. It's been about 25, maybe 26. I'm ready to drink right now, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't want to share, but then you said you're going to be on here for five hours or three hours. You didn't have nothing to do. I was like, all right, I'm going to puke it all out. Um, I'm sitting in my storage unit getting ready to dump some more shit in there, stuff, whatever. And, uh, I've been coming. I, I get the self thing. I see it now. I've talked about it before. Now I'm getting ready to cry because I'm so fucking. I'm so fucking mad, dude. God. Ex-wife. I actually went back and tried to work it out, and then 
it ain't nothing changed and whatever. I don't even know, dude. I'm so full of anger right now. Oh, anger, fear, all, I'm just mad. Starting over again, whatever. Um, and I, I, I had it, dude. I, well, I, I still got it. Kurt always says, you got it, Rob. And I, I freaking lost it in the marriage. I lost it all of it, dude. I got sick. Sick. This is unbelievable. I never seen nothing like it, but I'm going to hold my breath on saying too much, but I wrote like a little note. I made her coffee. I'm going to just say it. I don't give a shit. I, I made her coffee. I wrote a little love note. I said, just press the button and go. Well, I left day and she literally tore up the note and put it like where this one of my paychecks was and I opened up this envelope and there it is all shredded so I texted her I said you know what my buddy says let the marines out so I just said you know what go fuck yourself you're just a mean motherfucker dude to do something like that and I just I had to do it <laughs> but uh god man I get the fuck it though I do I truly do I see the prayer. <laughs> That's the most simple prayer in the world. God help me. I'm done. F it, F it, F it. I gotta, I'm just angry. I can't make any sense because I'm so blocked off from everything. It's, it's frightening, but I probably need to go camping because you said go, go, go where it makes you happy. And every time I go to the country, dude, it's just like, oh, God. You know, I live in Louisville and we're actually, I think, the 16th largest city, so it's a lot of concrete, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's concrete, asphalt everywhere. And you drive out to these horse farms, and it's just like, so something, I don't know what happens, dude. It's just like freedom, you know? Maybe I just need to go up there for a while. But yeah. Yeah, I'm done. I'm going to shut up. How about, how about the idea of going to a meeting and then going to the country and pull it off? Or go to the country and go to a meeting in the country. Yeah. 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 You can't. Uh, it's no time to make decisions or anything. Just if you have the opportunity, take care of yourself. Go to where you feel the best. So other than a bar, <laughs> go to the country. Yeah. Sometimes the, the real prayer is we're outmatched. You know, you just surrender. I saw, you know, my brother and my sister killed themselves in my life. Uh, and the way I looked at it in a lot of ways is they got overwhelmed by life, life's conditions. Yeah. My sister got went through a divorce, lost every all that stuff, the ski houses and shit, started to overdrink, uh, went too far took some pills, died, you know. My brother had an accident, it wasn't his fault, just painted his house, he fell off the roof, broke his ankles, went through years of trying to get him fixed, and uh, they couldn't do it, and uh, he just figured, he fell into that belief, a lot of people do, which is, he was a drag on his wife and daughter, so it'd be better if he wasn't around, so he did that, yeah. So, a lot of us are always brought to this p p place. Uh, this is what AA offers, a skillful means to deal with that so that you don't apply a, you know, a terminal solution to a temporary thing. Yeah. And, in, and for us, if you're a real addict and a real alcoholic, drinking is a terminal fucking solution to a temporary thing. It's not going to work out well. So, yeah, go to a meeting, put the chairs up, just distract your head. And if your head's distracted in nature, go there. And then, yeah. But do not change the basic uh, equation of your life, which is sober, sober. Yeah. All the numbers that follow after that can be worked on. But sobriety, it's very important for it to stay. Yeah. Once you go off that, then the fucking, you know, the horses of hell get released. And 
you might you may be you won't be going to a country place you're going to go to a lot more concrete for sure <laughs> so that would be my suggestion to any one of us because it's the alcoholism that needs to be addressed not you or michael or paul but alcoholism and we know what alcoholism is and we know what it ain't yeah so yeah meeting service country whatever don't try not to email or text or yeah because the anger is like an infection it spreads so yeah yeah and uh tomorrow you know tomorrow will be another day tonight will be another night yeah why leave a permanent scar on the morning or the afternoon when you're going to be here at night yes so yeah that's what i would suggest and thank you for sharing because the head as the director as the tour guide always brings us to these places and it has no fucking good solution for it it doesn't so all the while yapping about this and that it can pass as a tour guide but when push comes to shove it fails yeah because it gets you into what you can't get out of and it can't get out of yeah so there is a higher power there is a solution a lot of us have been there yeah and we're still here because we did what we were suggested to do in aa yeah look at you know do a little resentment inventory on your ex-wife and share that with an alcoholic and get some relief there yeah take the spotlight off of her and put it on you see what's your role in things yeah this is what we do like it or not yes i had a plan i was going to stretch out the body told me no not a good that's not a plan for today you fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you this is the way of aa yeah let's express it and it'll be amazing you go to country call you come back to thursday you haven't drank and you probably have a lot different views of what was happening than you had on tuesday yeah <laughs> so yeah that's why i i see it i see it with people a lot i saw it in my own family really it was you know uh we're ill-equipped in a lot of ways yeah. And the what we do in AA concerning that is surrender. We admit it. We admit that we're powerless. We admit that we're outmatched. That's that's the recovery way. It's not all right, I gotta get my boots on and change this. No. There's first an admittance that I can't fucking pull it off. Hallelujah, really. Because then something else gets initiated and brings and brings about different results. Yeah, you don't want the problem to be galloping into the solution. It's just fucking the bigger problem. Yeah, so do an inventory, share it with somebody, be of help somewhere, go to the country if you can. Yeah. Come back on Thursday and tell us what how, how it went and then see. I'm pretty sure it will work. And therefore, yeah, we can all uh, be witness to a great demonstration. Hey, it worked. Yeah? Yeah. That's what sharing is. Your travels and your victories aren't your victories. They're used to indicate to others the possibility. Yeah? You're a reflection. You're a, a demonstration in and of itself we are yeah it's not about us i found that out in aa i would do for aa what what i wouldn't do on my own yeah i when somebody in aa called and said we got to help this dude i would go wake up get in there and do it i wouldn't do that normally yeah but because of what aa was doing for me it would just seem the appropriate response to be willing to be used to do it for others. You know, it just made sense. It wasn't like a giant 
discussion around it. It was just, hey. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, and stay after Rob the meeting if you want. There's the people that hang around and yeah. Yeah, I will. Thanks. Yeah, we're in. You know, you've got to remember the we. The we is uh, a source of power. This is when we plug into this power. It's not like a one. It's got two prongs. It's we. It's us. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. All right. Uh, Kurt, I saw your hand up earlier. Did you still have a question or would you care to pass? No, Kurt Alcoholic. <clears throat> um, well, a couple things. You know, one thing I wanted to say, you know, I drank at 19 years, you know, and I love what Chuck C says. I drank to preserve my sanity, you know. And when I drank at 19 years, my wife served me divorce papers. My house was in foreclosure. I was losing my business. Everything AA gave me was being taken away. And I was pissed off. And uh, there was a guy, this has to do with a prayer. And a guy, uh, a guy saw me up on the hill. He kept, I kept raising my hand as a newcomer. And uh, he followed me out to my truck and he said, hey, um, what, he said, uh, you keep, I noticed you keep raising your hand as a newcomer. I said, yeah, well, I'm drinking this morning. He goes, he goes, well, I know that. He said, you're alcoholic. He said, uh, he said, but you're not a newcomer. He said, you've been around here 20 years. He said, uh, he said, quit raising your hand as a newcomer. Every time you raise your hand as a newcomer, you put more guilt and remorse on the condition you're trying to extinguish. Stop it. And I could hear that little resonance of truth. Next time, <clears throat> he gave me a prayer. And here's a prayer. I was pissed off at my wife. I was really pissed off because she fucked everything up. Of course, I forgot about my drinking for a year and a half and bringing the house down, right? You know, and the prayer was, God, please give Rhonda the very best that life has to offer. Please give her health, happiness, and prosperity. And please give her a peace and understanding she's never experienced before. And he said, if you say this prayer, he said, I guarantee it'll work. And my comment to him was good because the bitch needs to change. See, my, my whole view was skewed. But I'm going to tell you what happened. Three months after saying that prayer, that prayer happened to me. And I got released. And that was 12 years ago. And um, that was profound. It didn't happen to her. It happened to me. Yes. And the other part I want to say, Paul, just if I could take another minute, was for 12 years, I go to the beach and I, I do what the 11 steps is. It says, before you begin to ask God to direct you, think and divorce it from self-pity, which I see as the past. Dishonest is I'm seeing through a lens of this self and self-seeking is the future. So what I'm really asking for is my thought life to be on a higher plane, which is present. I'm here. It's already happening. And about four or five years ago, I was saying that, and I realized what Paul said. I realized that had already happened. My thought life had already been placed on a higher plane before I even got to the beach. And it's what Carrie said. So the prayer changed from asking to saying, thank you. There was a reverence and appreciation and has been since. And it's like, that's the gift. The gift is already given. It's just the mental narrative that we live under totally obscures what's happening. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, that, you know, I, I, I see you, Rob, and I hear you, Rob. And when you're being pulled through that keyhole, every bone in your body's being broken. And you tell yourself, you can't fit through that keyhole. I got news for you. You can. And it's what Paul said. Stay close. That's all I got. Thanks. Well, thank you, Kurt. You know, that, that whole idea 
praying for the other person comes from that story, Freedom from Bondage, by the woman who has a resentment that she has a story about that she would do anything to give up the resentment. She starts getting, she enters the program and realizes there's a whole other agenda about that resentment she didn't know, which was, it was like the golden cow, the head was milking it for excuses and rationalizations for all her failed relationships. It was always her mother's fault. So she realized she's going to drink unless something could happen with that, with this cognitive dissonance. She doesn't really want to let it go. The head doesn't, but it's essential. It's let go. So then she read that thing about an article by some, some person, some priest about praying for people to have all you want. Uh, and you don't even have to mean it, just do it. And I've had, I've used that a few times in my life and it works. Yeah. After a while, when that person or people that I was using it around, their names would come up, I would feel a dis-ease and a dislike, yeah, and a bit of an anger. And then after a while, it turned into like a sweet, you know, indifference, so to speak. Yes. So I put it to the test a few times and uh, I don't want to go into it. It's too big of a story, but it works. Yeah. So. But while before it starts working, you may have to distract yourself, go to the country. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Watch uh, Solaris, the Russian version. It's over three hour movie. <laughs> that should distract you sooner. That should distract you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well anyone else no i'm experiencing that thing uh one of my sponsees my sponsor Sai p in san francisco this is a great story he was working in his garage and it like combusted there was gas fumes in there and the thing just burst into flames and he got like 70 percent of his body at third degree burns he ended up in the hospital with a lot of fucking pain and he was just feeling like self-pity and all this shit and then the nurse came in and said listen i think there's an alcoholic on the on the floor do you want to speak to him and she, he's like what what can't you see i'm suck suffering just leave me alone and shit but again aa overrode his his idea and so they brought the guy in and they talked for a couple hours and after the guy left he realized he hadn't felt any pain for a couple hours yeah so he started he told the nurse to go down to like the 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 bowery type streets in san fran and get every fucking alcoholic in here because <laughs> it was the best it was the best uh pain reliever he found yeah which was service so I'm having a certain effect that now. Yeah, so we're going to have a Zoom marathon. <laughs> we actually will. We're going to be doing something anyway today at 4.30 Pacific time. So, hey, uh, anyone else, Mike? Or we can close it off. No, I don't see any other hands up right now, Paul, but thank you so much. What a powerful meeting, and I appreciate everything. And I want to share something. I have no problem with prayer. Prayer is great. I just want to throw some different ideas out there because a lot of stuff has a use based on your condition at the time. When your condition changes, the usefulness of things changes. Yeah. So that thing that was useful for one period may not be useful in a new period you're moving into. That's why it's good to have a sponsor and other people that, because we're usually the last to know when we're changing. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. And it's, and if you haven't prayed in a while, doesn't mean you're not going to pray. You don't have, you don't, it doesn't become a stubborn dogmatic view. I'm probably going to pray right now about this hip. Yes. I figure my dance steps are going to be severely limited, so I'm going to 
not be maximum used to Amelia when we go out dancing. So I figure I can get a self-interest effect by presenting it in a broader way. <laughs> so yeah, nice to see everybody. Yeah, there is a solution. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Every, I'm gonna say goodbye, Michael, to everyone. I, thanks, Mike, as always. Michael has the idea of service. It's, it's, it's entrenched there. You don't understand, you probably understand what an anchor that is. Yeah, yeah, it's a quite a, it's a quite a good mooring in a life service. Yeah. We got Walter, the brother from another mother. Yeah. Kurt Z, thank you, Kurt, for that share. Kerry, thank you for the share. I'm going to, I'm going to do a short story about whining, dining, whining and dining as a, as a Budweiser uh, <laughs> salesman. <laughs> In all the whining and dining, I never drank Budweiser. <laughs> you drink right, the good stuff when you're out there. You don't right. drink Budweiser. No, that's right. That's right. That's right. William, nice to see you, bro. I hope uh, everything's a little lighter today yes yes i knew as always thank you kathleen again confused and peaceful great we got uh here's the couple alex and uh jacob there they are my tank my tank top twins yes nice to see both of you chris nice to see you brother we got haley haley yes Yes, I have been corrected and I have the name down. Samuel, Jay, nice to see you, Sam. Carrie, oh, Carrie, there he is. He's, uh, he's truly dropped the phone, I guess. He's looking up the ceiling. We got Roman, Roman M. Yeah, we got Rob. Take it easy, Rob, eh, if you can. This too shall pass. Yeah. Al, Vegas. Yeah. Bryant, nice to see you. He took a little uh, sabbatical. He's back. Nice to see you, bro. We got upstate Brittany. Mark. <laughs> Kaiser. Stefan on having never left. Uh, we have a talk on another topic today at 4.30 Pacific time. You can enter it through uh, the Zen Bitch Lab. It's Awakening Together. <laughs> All right, we have Mark. Nice to see you, Mark. We got Amy. She seems to be out of the street. That's good. Deborah, thank you for your shares. We got Stefan. We got Malkin. Oh, there's Malkin. Yes. Zoe Banks from Arkansas, Jimmy R. There was never a parade to be rained on. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Oliver from Berlin. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I think that's it for today. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday for AA. And just as a lot of a lot of meetings we uh we have. Just go to Zen Bitch Slap. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Michael.